How good can the 2022 Packers be with Jordan Love at quarterback? We answer that and a bunch more of your questions on today's mailbag episode. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. And I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter. Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. The number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how we are doing a mailbag show today so everyone that sent in questions thank you for doing that we've got a lot of great ones and a lot of fun things to get to on today's show uh, today's episode is brought to you by get upside go ahead and download the get upside app for free and use the promo code touchdown to get up to 25 cents off your first gallon of gas when you fill up per gallon 25 cents per gallon on that fill up and thanks to everyone who makes locked on packers their first listen of the day uh, i've got my my coffee right next to me as a matter of fact so locked on packers a little coffee maybe a little granola great way to start the day all right let's get to the questions because we got a lot of great ones i, I got a couple different versions of this one so i want to start here because i think it is the question of the offseason. This one is from Jordan. He says, can this team win it all with an average QB? And if so, which one would make the most sense in a, to trade for with Rodgers? Henry Hunt asks, if it is the start of the Jordan Love era, what do you think the ceiling for this team is? Also, what is the floor? Assuming we try and stay competitive with our roster decisions, which I assume we will. So, these are not the same question, but I think my answer or the fact that I have bucketed them together tells you what I think the answer is. If Jordan Love reached his full potential, Green Bay next year could win a Super Bowl. And that's not because I think Jordan Love in the first year as a starter would be otherworldly. I don't think he would be Patrick Mahomes, 50 touchdowns. No, I think that the rest of this team is good enough. Let's say Aaron Rodgers decides to retire. There's going to be plenty of Aaron Rodgers stuff today. Don't worry about it. Or it's a trade. But let's, let's for the sake of argument, go with the retire route. But they're able to work out a deal to keep Devontae Adams. This team is basically the same as it was last year, minus Aaron Rodgers. And if they're healthy... They're really, really good. They're really, really good. I mean, the idea that the, the Packers without Aaron Rodgers are somehow some bottom of the barrel team is just not true. Now, that's not to take away anything from his MVP case. I, I said many times on the show that I thought he was the MVP and should be the MVP. But baseline quarterback play and a hot streak is all you need. That's all you need. Jimmy Garoppolo did not play great for the 49ers last year, but their defense carried them. And it wasn't even their run game late. It was a couple big plays a game from Debo Samuel or George Kittle or, or one of their guys. And the defense was 
red hot. They weren't red hot the whole season. That wasn't a defense that played awesome all year. If the Packers defense played the way that they did in the divisional game for the rest of the postseason, they probably could have won it all with a B-minus quarterback play. They didn't even get a B-minus in the divisional game, which is one of the reasons why they lost. Now, this also, I think, uh, requires Matt LaFleur to take a little bit of a step. Because, you know, I got some questions about this, some of the adjustments in the game. The Packers did not do a good job this year of making adjustments in game. They did last year, by the way. And and even in 2019, they did. They would come out of halftime. That first drive of the third quarter, it felt like it was automatic. They were going to score. And it never felt that way last year. I don't know why that is. So this team, talented enough, if all you do is swap out the quarterback, yes, you could get a B- from this team if if they stayed very healthy. And to win a Super Bowl, you need that kind of luck. Uh, this team has the talent to do that. We also uh, got got a report on 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 Thursday, excuse me, that Marquez Valdez Scantling said the Packers are definitely interested in bringing him back. That he would want to be back even with um, a, a change at quarterback. So maybe there'll be less upheaval at that position than we initially thought. Uh, the, the TLDR of this is this is going to be a a talented enough team no matter what. Now. If you lose Devontae Adams too, with no real plan to replace him, that suddenly becomes problematic. We, we, I don't really right now want to go down the whole rabbit hole of, okay, but what if it's Jerry Judy and now it's three first round picks and someone else? What does this team look like? That It's just too many moving pieces. But let me answer the Jordan Love part of this. The, the, the ceiling is they can win the Super Bowl with everyone healthy. They can win the Super Bowl. The floor is, I think I think on talent, I, I, I don't think Jordan Love will be bad play-to-play, game-to-game. I, I think the Deshaun Kaiser outcome for him, based on what we've seen so far, is just not likely at all. I think worst case, you're getting, mm, uh, I, I guess I don't even want to really go down that road, but in year one, I think the worst case is you're getting a, early golf like performance from Jordan Love where there's some games where he throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns and you're like man this is great and then there's some games where he throws for 160 yards and two picks and you're just like what is going on I think there'll be some volatility now he doesn't have the kind of issues that golf has had over the over the years where he's not throwing to the right guy or he can't get to his second and third reads that's the that's the sign of progress that I've been encouraged by with Jordan Love is saying okay he's consistently throwing to the right guy To me, that matters a lot, and I think that bodes well for him moving forward. Now, if the Packers are going to make a deal with the Raiders, for example, in an Aaron Rodgers deal, maybe you could get a Derek Carr back. I think that would make sense. This this Tennessee report is out there. I don't know that there's a lot of credence to that one, but it's certainly out there. Um, And if you could get Ryan Tannehill, yeah, you'd, you'd feel pretty good about this team. And their ability to compete next year. I mean, Ryan Tannehill and this Packers team, they just he just took a less talented team to the playoffs now in a much worse division, but I guess it's not much worse, right? So though that's the level of quarterback that I think that they could get back. But if, if that's what you're anything lower than that, especially, you know, if you're starting to look at like the the Jimmy G um Baker Mayfield tier, 
I feel like you would just roll with love. I think that's the that's, that's the best option. All right, our friend Jen Curtin wants to know, what are your thoughts on the chances Cobb is here next year based on what we've seen from Amari so far? I don't think those are related, frankly. Um, and I think Randall Cobb is gone. I think he's gone. I, I don't see the circumstance under which he comes back. Um, I think this was, by his accounting, a, a great season for him. He was very happy to be back in Green Bay. Does he retire? You know, does he sort of do the thing where he says, I'm retiring, but he, you could pull a James Jones at any time where if the Packers need him, he could come out and play and he stays in Green Bay and does that whole thing. That's on the table, but they save almost $7 million by cutting him. I don't think they would trade him unless they traded him to wherever Rodgers is going, which I do not think, by the way, they will do with Devontae Adams, something that we will talk about later in the show. Amari Rodgers has not shown anything that suggests he's an NFL player. I mean, nothing. The fact that the Packers trusted him enough to do the punt returns and kick returns is not that. It's not proof of anything other than the Packers were bad on special teams. Their coach got fired and they didn't have anybody else that they they thought could do it. We didn't see anything from Amari Rodgers. This is purely a financial decision on, on moving on from you're a, a, a beloved player, and, and it's just the unfortunate reality of the business. All right, this is from Chris. He says, is promoting essentially the same offensive personnel, which was not not produced high-level offense in 2021, a good idea? And is that a referendum on Matt LaFleur's ability to hire the right guys? What needs to change for this offense to get over the, uh, to get the, I'm not sure exactly what he means, but, oh, the the, the effort where his 17 uh, offense. I knew I read this question before we we did it. I, it made sense to me at the time. <laughs> so I posed this question to Lily Zhao earlier this week. Is there a a fear of stagnation, right, by by just bringing everyone back? Well, you're going to have a new tight ends coach. Justin Outen is going to be um, the the offensive coordinator in Denver, and you're going to have a new QB coach. They did not promote those guys from within. Adam Stenovich, offensive line coach. You know, he will have a much bigger voice in the room. That changes the dynamic a little bit. Jason Vrabel will have a much bigger voice in the room as the passing game coordinator versus the receivers coach. Those are that's a big deal. And then a new quarterbacks coach, whoever that is going to be. I I think what you need are are, are really it's twofold. You need a quarterback that's going to trust the offense and run it, actually run it. And you need to be able to be a little bit more diverse. Green Bay got really reliant on stuff that worked. I mean, the stuff worked that they were running all year. I would like to see a little bit more creative situations in in times when the offense is stagnating. Okay, you need something. Okay, here's a special. Here's a trick play. Here's a new... I mean, we didn't see unscouted looks against the 49ers. We didn't see the the kind of stuff that you expected with, with an extra week to prepare. And that's the thing that is potentially most concerning about what that preparation was. I think the Packers thought that they could they could just do what they always do and that they had answers and that they could just go out there and execute. And that's just not the case. And I do wonder if if that changes if the quarterback changes. If now all of a sudden the coaches feel like okay, we have to do more. The Sean McVay thing of we have to do more so we're going to. Whereas with Rodgers it's more of hey, we can just trust him to do the thing. Although in 2020 they did the opposite. They said we're going to do more. The offense let the scheme work for you, and he had the best season of his career going back to maybe 2014. 
And he, I think he was better than in 2014, frankly. I think I think 2020 is up there with 2011 as the best season Aaron Rodgers has ever played. And he just wasn't that last year. Now, I also push back on the idea that they were not a high-level offense. They were number one in EPA per play last year when Aaron Rodgers played. So I don't, don't let the playoff performance color too much of the way that you remember this Packers offense. Today's episode is brought to you by Get Upside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. You can download it, you can take the money, put it wherever you want bank account. PayPal, Amazon gift card. It is money to do a thing you were already going to do. Use the promo code touchdown to get that 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues its march through the playoffs, the big game means tons of opportunities to make some money. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, news all season. It's not just football. BetOnline is up to the minute info on pros uh, and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new and amazing offers for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, some more questions here. Uh, this is from Passive uh, on Twitter. He said, will the Packers finally draft a receiver in the first round, especially with MVS possibly gone? I mentioned the report um, that, that MVS um, has interest in coming back. And that the Packers have interest in keeping him. We'll see how that actually plays out in terms of the financials of it. Uh, but I, I think there is a chance. I do think there is a chance. This is an, an interesting receiver class that we'll talk a lot more about as we head toward the actual draft. It is very much a beauty in the eye of the beholder kind of draft. There is no uh, C.D. Lamb. There is no Jerry Judy. There is no... Uh, Justin Jefferson is probably even overstating it because Justin Jefferson was not universally thought of as a lock top 15 kind of pick. Wasn't a top 15 pick. But either was CeeDee Lamb. I thought CeeDee Lamb was a bona fide, no doubt, number one receiver. I don't know. I don't know that there is one of those in this class. There, there are a couple guys that I think are first round talents. I don't know, especially given the injury um, to, to one of the best players in the class, if this is the, the kind of class that can provide you that kind of high-level option. At the same time, there are some really intriguing guys who could be going in the first round. Jahan Dotson, Drake London, Garrett Wilson. I mean, what, what is the situation um, with, with the rest of the offense, I think, is going to be a question that they have to answer. Is, is David Bakhtiari right that it's just going to take some rest to get his knee right? Or is this a concern for this team longer term? I think that's a that's a real question that this team has to answer. And we we don't we don't know, but that could make, let's say, a um an offensive tackle, something that's more likely in the first round. Are are they, is this the time for a, a, a defensive lineman where the Packers have gone in the past in situations like this? You've got Jamison Williams in, in Alabama coming off a, an ACL injury. He might have been wide receiver one in this class had he not had that injury. So a lot of things that, that, that are that are out there that are available to the Packers. I don't think it will happen in the first round. It could. 
But I think um, depending on what happens with the Smith brothers, I think edge makes a lot of sense. Offensive tackle makes a lot of sense. Safety is the dark horse. And there are three or four guys at that position where I think the Packers could really find good value at the end of the first round. Someone that can come in right away and free you up to be a little bit more creative with Darnell Savage, a player we're also going to talk about a little bit more later in the show. So um, I think it's on the table. I think it becomes more on the table if you get the ninth pick from Denver. I think it becomes more on the table if you trade Devontae Adams. Um, but I, I think Devontae Adams is going to be back. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be back. And that makes it easier for you to say, okay, well, let's see what the best player available is. And if it's a receiver, great. I think they will take a pass catcher in this draft, whether it's a, a receiver or a tight end. And I, they're they're taking a tight end. They're taking a tight end in this draft. Write it down in ink. It is happening. They are taking a receiver, or excuse me, a tight end. But they're taking a pass catcher for sure. But they're taking a tight end in this draft. They are. Mercedes Lewis said he's going to keep playing. Josiah DeGuara. But their their, uh, position group there has gotten a little thin. Dominique Dafty can be brought back on the cheap. But he's just a guy. I think they're going to let Big Bob Tunyon walk. And that leaves them with with thinness at that position, considering it's a, a position where they want to go a lot of 12 personnel. They like to cycle guys in and out. And they could use uh, a consistent weapon there. The problem is tight ends, generally speaking, they don't pop in your one. Even the best ones don't pop in your one. So how much can it be a help of the tw- to the 2022 Packers? That's a pretty big question. And we'll see. All right. Jake Lisko, my friend from Locked on Bengals. Jake, shouldn't you be getting ready for a Super Bowl? Come on. You're, now you're just rubbing it in. He says, what will the bet online over under be for the Packers in 2022? Okay, he's being a good corporate sponsor, a good uh, corporate partner. I see you, Jake. Um, this is a an interesting question because if you go back to last offseason, the Packers didn't have, for long stretches, a particularly high win total. I mean, there were times when they, it was like nine Eight, eight and a half when they didn't, when we didn't know if Aaron Rodgers was going to come back. So where do you set it to bank in, build in that uncertainty? I think with Jordan Love, this could be, could be, could be a nine or 10 win team. If you get really lucky and and Love is like, you know, upper quartile of his, his eventual outcomes, you could get to 11. So with that in mind, I mean, I think eight is probably the, the right win total. Eight and a half. I remember we we just saw this. It just happened. Now, is this team better than than maybe uh, we thought or the, maybe than Vegas thought? Now, if you lose Adams, if you're thinking you're losing Rodgers and you're losing Adams at the same time, maybe you have to go to eight. Maybe you have to go to seven and a half, something like that. That's I think that's the right number uh, right now because we have to bank we have to bake in that uncertainty. Um, we don't have to get too far down the line of like how the odds are calculated and stuff like this. But um, I th- I think I think it has to be eight eight or eight or eight and a half because then you're 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 insulating yourself if Rodgers comes back. You can always bump it as soon as that that is official. And I, I also think it's a good number for for if Jordan Love is the quarterback for Green Bay plus. There is a lot of uncertainty about what this team is going to look like next year in terms of what players they're able to keep, what players um, are, are just end up walking because that that is how this works and that's how free agency is. So uh, I, I think it ends up landing somewhere 
at least once it's posted and I haven't seen it posted anywhere um, in that in that range, that eight, eight and a half range. All right. Chasen asks, this is a related question. Are Rodgers and Adams mutually exclusive this offseason where one goes, both goes? I'm not sure that's quite how that works, but um, no, no. Um, if a team wants to offer a godfather package, you know, let's say Denver says, all right, here's three firsts. Here's Jerry Judy, Patrick Sertan, and Noah Fant. You can have all that, and then we'll take Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Okay? Okay? Cool. That's not happening. And even if Rodgers says, I want to go to Denver, and I want to bring Devontae Adams with me, the answer is no. No. The Packers have, the, again, and I don't, I, it's, it's silly almost that we have to do this again, but he's under contract. And Devontae's not, but they can tag him and they can tag and trade him. So the Packers hold the cards here. Even if Aaron Rodgers says, I want out, trade me and trade me to Denver. First of all, they do not have to do that because if if Rodgers retires, it will cost the Packers on the cap unless he restructures his deal pre-trade the, the same amount if the Packers trade him. So now they're, they're not getting the haul, but they're, they would say, okay, Rodgers, retire then. We dare you because we don't think you're going to do that. And by the way, he's not. For all the reasons we talked about last offseason, he's not retiring. So, if you're the Packers, you say, okay, give me a list of five teams and and we'll figure out the best deal for us. That has to be what it is because he's under contract. It's the same thing with Devontae Adams. So, I think the more likely scenario in a trade situation is the Packers say, okay, Aaron, we'll send you somewhere. We're going to send you to the place that gives us the most stuff. And if they also want to give us a bunch of stuff for Devontae Adams and they have the best offer for Devontae, then we'll do that too. I think more likely you would get something like a, a um, Aaron Rodgers trade to Denver, let's say. Three firsts, Jerry Judy. And a second, maybe. Something like that. Um, it's going to be a lot. Everyone who thinks it's not going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot if the Packers end up doing a deal. It will be a lot. It will be a godfather offer. In the, in the Adams case, I th- then I think it becomes, okay, Raiders. The Raiders say, here's our first and Trey Merrick. Or, um, you know, they're not going to give up Darren Waller. But here's a first and a young piece that we think you like. Nate Hobbs had a good rookie season. Um, you know, maybe that's an interesting piece. It's got to be something like that. A young, cheap potential contributor for the Packers. Because remember, Odell Beckham got a first and a third. Everyone knew he wanted out. Um, Amari Cooper got a first. Everyone knew that he was getting traded. So a first is the starting point. Now then you have to pay him a boatload of money, but they could negotiate there. That's part of the negotiation built into the way the system works. You tag someone with the idea that you're going to trade them. That allows them to now negotiate with other teams Here's what the compensation is going to be. Here's what you're going to pay me. And you move it that way. The only circumstance that they're a package deal is 
if someone offers them the moon. Now, is it the case that if the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers because Rodgers wants to be traded, that Devontae's like, I'm out? I think probably. Probably. So that's why it's a pretty big domino to get Aaron Rodgers to come back. But again, the Packers hold the cards because they can tag him and they can trade him and they can decide where he's going to go. And they can also offer him a bunch of money and try and convince him to stay. So all of those things are on the table. The short answer is no. It is not the case that they are a package deal. In fact, I think it is highly, highly, highly unlikely that they are a package deal in terms of their next destination. Is it a package deal that if you don't get the first, you probably are not getting the second? Probably. Probably. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. New year means New Year's resolutions. How are you doing with those? It's been a month. Are you eating healthier? Are you working out more? Are you drinking water? Are you getting enough sleep? Well, Bill Park can help you do at least one of those things. Eat a little bit healthier and still eat something that tastes delicious. They are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but still packs in all the nutrients that you want with none of the junk that you don't want. High in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, low in calories, low in sugar. How do they do it? I don't know. It's magic, but they do it. And these things deliver. They are delicious. You can go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. Why not go to a family business that's been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years? They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oils, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website and see everything available for your car, truck, and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, uh, Joe at work. Wants to know, will the Packers exercise their fifth-year option on Darnell Savage? JDS says, same question, but instead of will, should. <sighs> yes. Um, if for no other reason than they don't have anyone else, let's start there. Um, Adrian Amos may not be on this team in a year. Darnell Savage has shown a ton of talent. A ton of talent, a ton of playmaking. He has terrific ball skills and instincts. He's an inconsistent tackler. And the the playmaking fell off last year. In the second half of, of 2021, or excuse me, of 2020, he was unbelievable. Him and Adrian Amos were the best safety duo by pro football focus in the second half of that season. They were awesome down the stretch. He was making plays. Once a game, getting picks and diving in front of passes. I mean, he was he was incredible against the Titans in that game in the snow. Incredible. He was incredible against Minnesota this past season in Minnesota. Had a pick, 
called back on a garbage roughing the passer call, had a pick that would have sealed it that he dropped kind of. He dropped another one in that game. His ball skills were a little off this past year, and I don't know if it was adjusting to the scheme. I don't know if the scheme is the best fit for him as a split safety. I don't know if that's the best place for him to be. I think he is. They, they could use him more robbing the middle of the field. I think that's something that they could consider. I would like to see them consider him in the star. I mean, I think the, the, best, the, the best way you could allocate your cover people is Jair on the outside, Eric Stokes on the outside, and Darnell Savage in the slot. Not because he's a great man-to-man player, although he was in Maryland, but because he's so instinctive as a lurk defender, an overhang defender, and it also means he's not having to defend the run from depth. When you're an inconsistent tackler, the best thing and the easiest thing to do, and this is something that they did, by the way, with like Jabril Peppers, is when you bring him closer to the action, he can just use that speed, fly downhill and make a play, and he's not having to go one-on-one with someone with a two-way go at a full head of steam. It's more, okay, I've got you in the backfield. You're going 45 50%, and I'm going 100 miles an hour, and I can make a play. And if I don't, there's still help behind. I think it, I think that part of it makes more sense. In a weird way, although he's not, he's not built like a box safety, it's sort of where he plays the best underneath, able to undercut routes and and rob the middle of the field, um, cover underneath even. I think that's where he's best. I don't know if that's how they're going to deploy him though, but but they love him. They think the world of his talent, and he's a he's a draft pick. You have to at least give him the fifth-year option. That's why you have the fifth-year option. And I think that's the I think that's the way that this plays out. All right, Jamie, last one here. Jamie says, Poof, I'm a genie. What three wishes am I granting you? Two Packers related and one anything else. I mean, the easy anything else one is just like bang, COVID's gone. Um, everyone's fine. This is great. Something like that. Um, I, I don't I have to think a lot deeper in, into it, um, maybe. But that's that's the first thing that comes to my mind. The Packers won. I assume we are talking about like reasonable things. Um, like, you know, it's not just all of a sudden, OK, you know, Reggie White is on this team now. So if we can just change two things. Right. I think um, poof. Brandon Bostic catches the onside kick. In 2014, I guess it was 2015, but the 2014 season. And it's a tough one. How about the Packers, instead of trading up for Jordan Love, trade up for Justin Jefferson? How about that? That's kind of lame. I, like maybe, maybe bigger picture, like Nick Collins never hurts his neck. Because I think the Packers probably win the 2011 Super Bowl if that happens. I'm gonna, let's go with those for now. So Brandon Bossy catches the onside kick and Nick Collins never hurts his neck. Also because Nick Collins was on his way to like a borderline Hall of Fame career. And it's just brutal that that, that was robbed of him. I think it would have been great to see him play for the next five years with Charles Woodson and Jamon Williams and Sam Shields. I think that defense would have been so, so, so much better. And yeah, they, they beat the Giants that year and the Giants beat everyone that year. So those are those are my two. Poof. COVID's gone. Brandon Bostic catches it. Nick Collins never gets hurt. Poof. Done. Great. Thanks to everyone this week. 
Um, this is a, a tough week that I thought we'd be prepping for the Super Bowl, but we're not. Um, the reality is uh, the Packers didn't play well enough. But I will be at Radio Row next week. Hopefully I have some interviews from some Packers players that are going to be there. Some some other people who might be there that you might find interesting. So we will have all of that from L.A. next week. And I'm working on another guest who um, I think you will find very interesting. That will be hopefully after the Super Bowl. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.